Can I get me uh, one of them Friday afternoon deploys? Hold the with the sausage gravy. <laughs> extra extra fried chicken. No, it's I want the chicken, not extra egg chicken. Extra, I want it extra fried. Smirking. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me dies inside if I don't go. I'm saying it ironically, so it's okay. I'm making fun of people who actually say it right. That's not the first instance I've, now I think about it, of of pronouncing something correctly ironically. Mm. That's like um, in the movie, is it, is it I Love You Man? With uh, Paul Rudd and um, Snap of the Beast, I know, Jason Segel, yeah, and they're talking about uh, the movie Chocolat, <laughs> and he's like, "It's not, it's chocolate. It's called cho- you're not French. The movie's called Chocolate." Uh, <laughs> that's so that's, good. That's a good example. Yeah, I could love movie. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like, like that kind of brings up the whole. Do you say stuff? It. What well, I forget. I, I guess. I mean, I'm sure many comedians have approached that, but someone I listened to recently talked about how you. People feel the need to like if they order something French, they'll say it in French, mm. and they they or pronounce that, it with a French accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they say, yeah, exactly. Um, but that they don't assume Americans that foreigners do the same thing when they're ordering American food. Like, I'd like that hamburger. Yeah, yeah. Some they're French speaking. Fries. Of, they're speaking like a in their native language, and like, all of a sudden, hot dog, hot dog, hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not yeah. that you can get a hot dog in France. I'm pretty sure you can't. I bet you can. You think so? It's a gourmet hot dog. It, well, I, it, Nelson was telling us. Nelson's uh, one of the people that works at one of our clients. He's 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 out of Paris. That he's he like sent me a message on Slack like so proudly and was like, "We have barbecue in France now." Uh, I was like, "Really?" Because he came here and he went to Penguin Heads. They like flipped over Penguin Heads because it's good. It is good, but next time they come, we're taking them to Rights, oh, yeah. which is like, also good. It's, it's so like good. it's way better. Penguin Heads is like. It's an essential Northwest Arkansas stop, but not necessarily because it's the best barbecue. Yeah. The, the red phones that you order on and shit, yeah. that's cool. You know? Yeah. I really like uh, their breakfast is yes. really good. I've actually never had penguin eggs. It's breakfast. really good. It's over, I know they have it at the Mission and Crossover one. I don't, I don't think they, they do it here. I think the yeah, one you're just Mission and Crossover. Is, yeah, yeah, it's good breakfast. It's good, yeah. I recommend. I, I could go for that. Yeah. But yeah, so he was like super stoked. It's like, we have barbecue in Paris now. <laughs> Which means, and he meant like literally, like there's a restaurant that opened yeah, up. It's barbecue. There's one. Yeah. 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 It was that way in England too. It was, there were so few like barbecue places. And I was like, someone could make a lot of money if they could just open a barbecue place here. They People in England love meat. Or a hamburger place like, that doesn't, mm-hmm. isn't terrible. Every hamburger I had in England was terrible. Dude, there really? were, there's a lot of terrible oh, food so in England. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been. I can't comment. I can say, though, I'm not surprised that barbecue didn't make it to England because when I used to work out in D.C. So that's the other thing is one of, from that client, they're based in D.C. and they have some people in France. So this was a guy from D.C. and a guy from France that both flipped their shit over Penguin Eds. And it's good. But uh, even, even from D.C., we, our whole team at PBS one time, um, our, our product owner was like, we're all going out for barbecue. Big thing. There's this amazing best barbecue place in all of DC. And I was like, cool. So we walk like 40 blocks to this place and we finally get and like walk in and I'm looking around and it's like white tablecloth 
And I'm like, what? This is not barbecue. No, this is not. Yeah. <laughs> it comes out and it's like, you know, it's like uh, cloth napkins and, and you're eating with silverware. And what? it was like, it wasn't even like dry rubbed. It was just like, it was cooked meat. So I mean, like technically, but there there wasn't like a sauce component to it, and they were like raving about this amazing barbecue, and I was like, this is, I mean, it's ribs, yes, but it's not barbecued. That might be a weird DC thing because remember the Ethiopian place we ate at was white tablecloths, and we were literally eating raw meat with our hands. That's true on white tablecloths. Well, with the bread. Well, yeah, the gourd gourd wasn't going straight in my hands. I'm, I'm not a Neanderthal, but <laughs> uh, pretty close. <laughs> So you, ever, you ever had Ethiopian food, Blake? No. Was, I would totally eat it, though. It's, it's pretty so good. good. Yeah. I like most foods. <laughs> it's a, that's a way to live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, speaking of the hot dogs in other places, though, I, did, I do know from experience that in New Zealand, if you order a hot dog, you'll be giving a, given a corn dog. Oh. And if you want a hot dog, you have to order an American hot dog. Yeah. Oh, these are at their like, food trucks or their park. Like a okay. little snack places. We had this okay. long so conversation that. with uh, uh, Nelson when we went to Hammond Trees over uh, French toast. <laughs> they have a French toast uh, grilled cheese over there. And, and I was like, what do you guys call French toast? And he was like, there's toast. And I was like, no, like it's not like toast. It's, and I explained to him what it was. He was like, oh, lost bread. And I was like, oh, I had my grandmother called it lost bread. I never knew where it came from. Like, That's like. What, Lost, lost bread, because you're taking like essentially stale bread. It's a way oh, to take bread gotta, that's, gotta, gotta. Bread that's yeah, gone yeah. stale and, and turn it into something. So it's you're cooking your lost bread. I see. Um, so I thought that was funny. That's cool. And then I was like, "What do you call French fries?" He was like, "Those are just fries." Then I was, <laughs> then I felt like an asshole. It's like, ah, damn. <laughs> Not freedom fries. No. Not freedom fries. Hey, you guys want some live, uh, relatively live, like within the last ten minutes commentary from Reddit on the podcast? Oh wow! Here we uh, go. You know, our last. I don't. You haven't. Have you heard the episode that came out today, Blake? I have not. It's very Django. Um, okay. We went through a new version of Django came out nice. last oh, month. No. <laughs> yeah. And so we we read the release notes uh, and cool. kind of went through That's it. That's very cool. It was cool and it was topical. Whenever we have a topical one like that, I go promote it on Reddit because, uh, you know, like yeah. it's the the it's relevant. Like the entire episode content was relevant. Uh so that's that's been getting some love today. Uh and and someone said, Can't believe I'm just hearing about this podcast, really good stuff. Oh so, sweet. Nice. I thought I thought when totally you were, positive, no. I thought when you were setting it up about us reading the Django docs and then we get a Reddit comment, I was just like, ah, that's gonna hurt. I mean, that's the first one. The next one may well be like, hey, dumb <laughs> fuck, that's not how check constraints work, you know. I yeah. don't know. I, I I was hoping someone's gonna say it was great, but I really missed Rachel Maddow on this on the podcast. <laughs> well, Rachel Maddow, the Rachel Maddow I'm JavaScript here. I'm is here. back, yes. everyone. Uh, I'm glad for it. <laughs> so, at um, you didn't you weren't here the the day that we um, we recorded from NWA Tech Fest. You weren't on the yeah, show. this is the first year I didn't go for a while. Oh, you didn't even go. That's no. right. I guess we would have had you on the show. Yeah, if you would have been yeah. there. Uh, but but Tyrell gave a talk, and um, that 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 photo that got posted, mm-hmm. like that was taken by someone totally random. I was like, I yeah. saw you taking pictures. Give those to me because send me one, and I'll because I wanted to promote. Uh, Tyrell's talk, but it was the one that had JavaScript and Elm on of it, course. and of course you saw it. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, it's perfect." It was just that wasn't done for you. We didn't intentionally yeah, do yeah. that, yeah. but man, like we knew you'd be triggered, and you took the bait like yeah. that. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I did. Uh, well, okay, so I have I have thoughts well, about Elm. For for context, Tyrell, you had a slide. Uh, it was about how to build modern applications in Python, starting with Django, and you said like, "Hey, you need a front end." 
Don't do it in JavaScript. Do it. Do it in Elm. And there was this, we we had a shot of that. It was the JavaScript <laughs> logo with a big X through it, and the Elm and logo. An Elm, next the Elm logo. Yeah. And then I proceeded to actually tell people to build APIs as far as. Like not even diving into front end pieces, but just make sure your back end is an API so any front end can consume. So your Blakes it. of the world can just do whatever they want. Yeah, they can it. put whatever JavaScript thing yeah. they want on there. Cool. Yeah. Whatever tastes good that day. Yeah, yeah. So so I wanted to ask you about your thoughts about Elm. So I have no informed thoughts about Elm other than it is an alternative to JavaScript. The it's reason a, I'm so it's a excited delightful language for reliable web apps. There you go. Uh, the the reason I'm excited about Elm and exploring it, yet still haven't actually explored it, is <laughs> um two years ago or a year and a half ago when I went to Strange Loop, um ElmConf mm-hmm. is is, ne- is door, an auxiliary yeah. conference. Yeah. And it had just gotten done and so everyone was all a, a buzz about Elm and I was there's a bunch of uh, Haskell guys that were talking about Elm. Like I, I went on uh, the one of the neat things with with Strange Loop is it's a giant conference, and you get when you buy your ticket, you get a Slack invite to the thing, and then there's all kind of channels for all kind of ancillary ancillary activities that aren't officially sponsored. And one of them was running, so I joined the running channel because I like to run. So I like met up with a bunch of guys that were also going on runs at different times during the conference, and I ended up running with a handful of Haskell guys. They were talking all about Elm this, Elm that. And I was like, what? I don't understand. What is this? <laughs> and then found out Elm Conf and just kind of dug a little further. And uh, it, it's just kind of become my my default. When I'm tired of dealing with front ends, I'm just like, I'm just going to write, rewrite it all in Elm. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when I get tired of being a programmer at all. <laughs> and I say, I'm just going to quit and be a cobbler. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's it. And, uh, ironically, I, I did probably what was one of the most fateful, funky things uh, of my life today before the podcast and went to the cobbler to pick up my chocos. Mm. Oh, that so, sounds very Fayetteville. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, was, it was it was very Fayetteville of me. But hey, mm. ten bucks to to keep those bad boys rolling. Were yeah. you wearing your Tevas in the meantime don't, while your chocos judge, were in the don't, shop? Don't judge me. <laughs> I have Tevas too. <laughs> yeah, no, no, literally, literally, the Tevas are on my feet uh, oh, right now, nice. and the chocos will will make their way. Yeah, I do back like onto my feet. Yeah, they're good shoes. I'm they're just, they're just regular regular flip flops. They're the here. Doc Martin. Of yeah, sandals, they are. Like, yeah. <laughs> they last forever. <laughs> they will. Yeah. Uh, but, I, uh, I I I take my shoes. I need I need to put my shoes in the shop. Also, yeah. I've got some dress shoes that I I take to have redone. That's part of just my my philosophy. On I get like I get way too excited about fixing things up versus replacing them. So uh, I won't I won't judge you for visiting a cobbler. <laughs> Oh, I, I thought the judge. I will judge you for, for calling Tivas it a, and chacos. Uh, no, 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 no. Tivas are also good shoes. I'm going to judge you for calling it a cobbler. He is a cobbler. Like I, it's, I think I it's called Fayetteville. No, it might be Fayetteville Shoe Repair. What would you have me call it if not a cobbler? My shoe guy. My shoe guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Arkansan of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got a shoe guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the shoe guy would be the guy who who has a butt. A bunch of boxes of shoes in the back of his truck. I was gonna say, and that. you just randomly have to go like mm. pick through. Like, I got here are four shoes in your size, and he hands you four boxes. And shoe you guys kind of sounds like him, a DVD guy. You give him ten yeah. bucks and take one box, and don't even look what's in the box until you get home and you open it and hope that they're not terrible. That's like Trunk Club, yeah, uh, but it's yeah. out of someone's trunk. <laughs> I don't know it's, you guys. it's it's literally Trunk Club. Literal it, Trunk it Club. Literal Trunk Club. I like it. I'm looking at the syntax for Elm. I see why you like it. It's it's very Pythonic. Yes, that's, that's why. I, that's probably indentation why I don't like it. based. Um, it looks like, but so this is like a language that is transpiled. The right word mm-hmm. is it transpiling mm-hmm. to yeah. JavaScript? Yeah. Correct. It's Got also it. statically typed, so you you don't have 
um, runtime errors. So could you consider it then an alternative to TypeScript? Is yes. that fair? Yes. Yeah, it's the same in the same yes. category. Okay. okay. Yeah, it, it is a less JavaScript-like TypeScript hmm. in a sense. Interesting. Except that, so let me ask this now. I have another question that maybe you don't know the answer to yet. Probably Time, not. But Let's do it. Maybe you're further in the docs than I am. Is it also a framework? Or like like does it have components to it? Uh, you know, like like TypeScript in and of itself is like there are frameworks like Angular mm-hmm. you can use TypeScript, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but or maybe have to on new versions. Right. Of Angular. It it is more of a framework. Yes, that you, it. with its own yeah. syntax. Got it. It has okay. it. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it it kind of has its own. Can more? I'd say more convention than anything. But yeah, it's it's it basically has its own kind of baked in framework in a sense. Yeah. You wouldn't write Elm in some other framework. Uh, right. Though at this point there may be Elm frameworks. I I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah, know. I'm, we can I'm looking at plug it into the old Googles real quick and see, but from I've not heard of any Elm frameworks. Elm-lang.org and um they've got some some like screenshots. It's it's very like the examples that are here um are very like to-do list type things. So the examples aren't listing like major major applications built uh, yeah. in Elm. Uh, so there's one big company in the Elm space called I think No Red Ink. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they make I think they do like educational type of software, and they're like the main player in in the Elm front end world. Got it. They're kind of driving it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first ones who are just like, yeah, yeah, we'll do this. Yeah, thing. we'll we'll totally adopt this thing. Um, Looks like Pivotal Tracker uses it. Yeah, I mean, so I like the idea of it is cool. Uh, I did not appreciate the syntax. That's where I that's where I played with it, and I was like, "This has a severe lack of parentheses and curly braces." You do love the parentheses. Oh, this man. is not my jam. Yeah, um, I like that. I like C like syntax. Can you do me a favor though? Mm-hmm. Instead of curly braces, like I, I really wanted this to catch on, and, and not a lot of people did. But some of us refer to these as mustachios. Okay, uh, uh, I really love mustachios. Mustachios, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We t- yeah I, you and must- you use them sparingly in, in Django, see, or in Python. I mean, so I think you and I will find commonality in a myriad of places, but specifically in this regard, in our hatred of Hamel. Yeah, well, I I, I'm not Hamel. super familiar with Hamel. Oh man, Hamel's, Hamel's. You, ha- you hate Yaml? I yeah. fucking hate Yaml. Yeah. <laughs> now write a front end in it, oh, and that's, that's Hamel. That it's it's, a, it's, it's an it's HTML, HTML Yaml. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it, oh, you know, Ruby, it's, Ruby it's, loves it's Ruby, it. It's yeah. a Ruby thing or a Rails thing. Hayden um, had a pull request that has yeah, Yaml. I, I refuse to ever read his. Yeah, I like that. I'm always so it's kind of like it's like I review all your code, but your Hamel, everything looks fine except the Hamel because it's Hamel. So it's kind of like a SAS like thing, but it's HTML. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. and like I think I have used this, but a really long time it's ago. It's got some shortcuts. Like basically, you can name what would be like a YAML node mm-hmm. um, with just like a class name. So mm-hmm. use like the dotted notation for a class, yeah. and that implies a div. Right. So it'll be a div with yep. that class name, and then you nest yeah, yeah. underneath okay. it like I, a I list totally of have elements. Used this. Yeah. Uh, and I used it for a little bit and then never used it again because the and appropriate then there's like, response. There's <laughs> template variable interpolation yeah, right. as well. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. It's it is. I it's hard to read. Um, uh, there's one called Pug too. Have you guys heard of that? I've heard of Pug. I've, I've never heard uh, of it. I think it's Don't, kind of similar, maybe. Um It's not in my brain right now, but it I've used to be called Jade. I remember Jade by uh, I name. Used Jade I never used it. Quite a bit. Um Pug JS. But mm-hmm. it got renamed for some reason, but um hmm. I, I I used 
that for a while. Uh, but now I just use HTML. I don't know. HTML is fine. It's it's not. So I don't find it like super verbose or anything, right? It's pretty straightforward. Pug looks cooler than Hamel. Just, okay. just like okay. a cursory look of it. Okay. This looks like somewhat more di- digestible, but um, it is it is so. What's amazing is Ham. I, the whole purpose of Hamel, to my knowledge, is to be is readability, and it is so infinitely unreadable. It's really, is it really terse. It sounds like. No, it, it, it it's just it's yeah, it's fucking YAML. And it's what am I looking at? Am it's I, is this a list? Is this a hash space? map? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So you lose all context. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys write Python, don't you love that? Yeah, but in Python you don't go you don't nest like you, that. Yeah. Python never nests and and most code doesn't have enough logical branches that it nests as deeply as like fucking, fucking markup hope not. does. Uh, yeah, fucking hope not. Oh, right? no, no. Yeah, like, if you're if you're like three nests deep, like abort, yeah. abort. That's you've, pretty you've, you've done yeah. something terrible. Yeah, three you gotta, indentation you, you levels. You need another method somewhere else. Yeah. That's right. That'd be a yeah. lot. So Python. I was writing uh, I'm going through there's this book called um write an interpreter in go. Uh, and it's basically like you're writing an interpreter for a new language, uh, and, you, and you're doing it in Go. But I'm, and I've done, I've read through it and done it in Go. I wanted to go through it, but write it in Rust because oh, okay. it, it's fun. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's interesting. Uh, Our and, listeners totally understand. You don't have to yeah, tell us. Yeah, yeah. This is what we do cool. for fun. Uh, so <laughs> I wrote some like really nasty Rust though, and it was about four indented levels deep and I was like this is gross but it works let's just keep going I always feel like because of because Rust chose that name they have to be okay as a community with some pretty crusty code like it, <laughs> you know what I mean like it's, I, it, it's you know it's actually like really easy to read most of it I think I'm just doing something wrong uh, but I'm like I'll just come back to this later like let's just move on it works right um, Story I, of my I'm life. still yeah I'm still like learning about a lot of the like idiomatic ways to do things in Rust uh, because I still absolutely think in, in JavaScript, right? Right. Um, so all of my Rust looks like weird JavaScript. So that's um, I mean that's that's pretty that's that's common of anyone that like sure has yeah, strength yeah, yeah. In yeah like my Go language. looks yeah, like absolutely also looks like JavaScript. weird JavaScript looks yeah. like JavaScript with colons in front of the equal signs <laughs> yeah yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, it's kind of like jumping through mental hoops to be like all the examples in the book or whatever are in Go and I'm like you know you do that translation in your head and it's like oh yeah that actually doesn't work in Rust you can't you can't do that. Um, so not stuff like that's really, really fun. Yeah. I like that. I do. It's been a while since I've picked up a new language. It's like super boring by comparison, but I, I started fiddling with, um, C sharp a while back. Mm -hmm. I had never written any C sharp. Mm -hmm. So I got into it and like for, uh, Statically typed language, that's about as easy as it gets. Yep. Yeah, you're basically writing TypeScript. So, yeah, so is that, is that they're so fucking similar. Yeah. I was, um, I hadn't realized, I hadn't made that comparison in my head, I would have to look at the two and, and see. But it's yeah. really weirdly close, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did C Sharp years ago, and it was, I mean, it was a nice break from PHP for sure. Totally. <laughs> it's it's not a, I mean, like, I prefer it much to, like, writing Java or something like that. Um, but yeah. I, I was I was fiddling with Unity. I was doing some game programming. Oh, cool. So that was, like, the, the, the kind of go-to. You yeah. can do JavaScript as well, but... Uh, I think that's getting deprecated from what I heard. And the JavaScript side? Yeah, yeah the JavaScript side, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have a scripting language. And like mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of asynchronous programming and, and game mm-hmm. programming. Yeah. Like, you're, you're juggling loops, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, that was that's the last time. And it was the first time in a while and, and still the last time that I've like gone and dove into a new can, language. I can also see how just having um, 
the static typing when you're doing game programming is really useful. Yeah. Right? So uh, that makes that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, like the game needs it for speed, number one. Exactly. But then, yeah. then outside of that, like the convenience of yeah. it, like yeah, uh, you know, you're doing like we were talking about game programming this morning, Tyrell and yeah. I were like. Um, uh, like a lot of kids are getting into programming through like these, mm-hmm. you know, simplified gaming frameworks, which is actually, we were talking about that being a way better way for kids to learn programming than like some entry level web application mm-hmm. stuff. Cause you're like doing a lot more programming, programming, yeah, making yeah. a game. You're managing an event loop. I think it's just different, different things. Yeah. Right? Like, you're taking like you're you're taking like real time input like keyboard mm-hmm. input you know mm-hmm. you're um, you're actually doing like algebra and geometry mm-hmm. to like plot shit onto uh, assuming it's graphical mm-hmm. you know and a and a lot of logical branching yep if you're building a game whereas like web application I think yeah, like, string like concatenation my, yeah, it's my, like a big fancy string concatenation machine right <laughs> yeah I mean my son will will be like hey dad can I use your computer I'm gonna code and um, I don't have the heart to be like that's not coding because he, but he's doing one of those drag and drop. Uh, oh yeah, like like, like snap. Yeah, it's a scratch. Scratch. Uh, yeah. Basically, there's uh, code. You, dot, I think code you, dot org. You snob. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's it's. I'm just kidding. It's. Uh, I, I mean, I I will I will be the first to admit that I could use it as a tool to help teach him how to code. Yeah, I feel. totally. Like it teaches, um, teaches logic, logic right? Right. right. Yeah. It teaches you logical thinking. And we actually got, uh, I was actually, I, I was intentional to get robot turtles. Have you guys heard of this game? Uh-uh. So robot, robot turtles was a game that a, a board game that a programmer came up with so that he could teach his kids how to use logic and loops and ifs mm-hmm. and things of that nature without actually putting them on a computer. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're getting used to solving those problems. That's without cool. actually being involved in the computer, and it 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 is it's it is cool, uh, and it is also it kind of puts it's kind of in the same thing. I I just I was really excited when I first got it, and we've played it some. We've played it well. The the kids have have taken it kind of to the next level and found new ways to play with it, which is to me awesome. Mm-hmm. But it requires you. Basically, the the parent in the room kind of becomes the interpreter and has to oh, okay. enforce the logic of, the, gotcha. of things, and and so uh, it, yeah, it, it requires a little more. Yeah, it just requires a different um, role of me as the dad mm-hmm. than I wanted to. I, I wanted to play with, and now it's just like I'm the computer now. I'm mm-hmm. not actually getting to play the game with them, yeah. and I and I'm interacting with them, and that's fun. But it, so You're the interpreter, yeah. So it, it's it's. It is good and it is great in that it helps teach those fundamentals outside of the context of a computer, but it's still not teaching programming. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so nothing but programming teaches you programming. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, like Pi Game Zero is the one that, that I was, that someone posted a blog, uh, or it was in uh, Python Weekly. Okay. They were, yeah. using, they were using Pi. Uh, um, oh, oh, they were sorry. using uh, Pi Game Zero, which is an educational version of Pi Game. That that removes some of the more complicated aspects of it, and t- teaching their kid uh, to program via that. So okay. that seems pretty cool. I know I did something similar when I was first tinkering with Ruby. There's a Ruby game uh, engine, and I took my little avatar and, and learned how to move it all around the screen. I was like, "Look at me! I can Ruby and knock out a game." But I didn't do anything <laughs> yeah, right. significant with that. It was almost like a Pac-Man where I was just you know dancing around instead mm-hmm. of. Defeating enemies. So. Yeah. When I was when I was young, I um, fiddled around with building games in in QBasic, um, 
And then after that, the next time I did anything with games was in JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of really fun uh, JavaScript uh, game engines. Mm-hmm. Um, we used one called Impact JS, which was it was like a it was not open source. It was like a paid engine. It okay. was pretty good, but like it was cool because you could build this stuff, and it was like um, you know platform agnostic to a certain extent. And you would like deploy it to a mobile app with uh, or a mobile device with like Cordova or okay. something like that. Yeah, In the yeah. same way that you might uh, deploy an old like Ionic framework, right. like or yeah. PhoneGap or yeah, yeah. Titanium or all those things. Okay. So those were fun. That's a cool way to do game dev JavaScript because you just like, you know, grab this framework, start writing code in the text yeah. editor, and open your browser, and you're making yeah. a game. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It, it it is cool, but I, I do think that there are. Um, so I, I think if you're doing like OS level programming, that's just so different than uh, being a web developer, right? And, totally. And and like uh, being a game developer is it, it's like another whole category. There's yeah. another million things you have to learn to do that, right? right? Oh, for sure. Um, and yeah, I think it just depends on what they're into, honestly. Um, so for my daughter's birthday this year. She got this thing called the Coder Pillar. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. It sounds like a caterpillar. It, it like does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so the you got the head of the the caterpillar, the Coder Pillar, uh, and then it's the links of the body have different. Um, they do different things. Like one that you hook onto the end, it, it'll make it turn left, and then another one turn right, go straight. It's uh, play music or whatever. And so it's a sequence of events, right? Uh, and it'll execute them in order. The order that they're like and so, connected, right? Yeah. And so you have like a starting point and an end point, and you try and make the coder pillar go from one to the other. So it's like a, a really tactile way for them yeah. to learn logic. And it's not unlike uh, Switch scratch. and their Scratch, yeah, that we we're yeah, talking yeah. about. No, like, right? it's it's logic programming it's and workflowing yeah. and that yeah. sort of stuff. And my daughter loves that thing, and she's four. So so Henry's Henry's too young to get into like. Uh, that sort of thing. He just turned right. two, but he does have a board book that teaches him how to count in binary. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice and like, and it was a gift. And uh, Sloan, if you're listening, I appreciate the gift. Um, not a great book. <laughs> not not, and that that was directed at you guys. Um, it it. it I I have too high a standards for like Henry's science books, I guess. Mm, right. Um, because like it teaches you to count to ten in binary and. Like that's that's all you could ever learn from it, right? It doesn't teach you how to actually count in binary, which is pretty fucking simple. There's two rules, three mm-hmm. rules, right, mm-hmm. on how to carry a bit, and so like you could have taught him to teach to a billion in binary, but instead it's just like literally the right. next number is this. Uh, so, but uh, I, I don't I, I dig the I dig the kids science books. Did you yeah. guys do when uh, when your daughter was younger? Did you have the um, oh I can't remember the author's name, but he does like. Uh, General relativity for babies. We had advanced w- calculus for babies. We no, had one of I'm those. They're pretty awesome. Yeah, we have one of those. I'm not, I can't remember which one it was though. Um, it's just like super simplified, like yeah. like physics concepts. And, yeah, I think and, we have yeah one of the physics ones. Yeah, I have a couple of the physics ones. Yeah. General relativity for babies is pretty great. It's just like here's a ball. Ball. It has mass. Mass yeah. warp space. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's where my inner English major shows in that. Like I had like. 
literature classics for babies. So. Oh, we have that too. Oh, nice. And, and we have uh, Beowulf and Moby Dick. And yeah, all those. there's yeah. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Is, you oh know, yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, we have Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah, uh, a couple of them. Where it's just like like these are like the really like baby yes. baby board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, like yeah. Cheshire Cat. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, Pink Potion or Purple Bottle or whatever. Yeah. Purple Fucking bottle. Pete the Cat. Is that a thing you guys? No, do? we never had. Pete oh, the cat. I know of Pete the Cat. I'm thankfully I've not been. It's a thing. Uh, Drug into Pete the Cat. Yeah, it's a definitely a thing. So I'm digging this like uh, notion that um, the caterpillar's a thing that I can look forward to within it's a couple really years. Cool. It's 36 months start. according to this. Yeah, okay. it's, it's really right. fucking cool. I recommend it. We have, we well, yeah, she really enjoys it. I'm, I'm so. a year out from some like like coding yeah like path yeah. stuff that I can force Henry down so that he's like fuck this and, yeah. and decides to do something else with his life I think next year I'm gonna try to do they have these little kits that um, you can basically build a little PC it's okay. just a Raspberry Pi I think. oh those are uh, oh uh, oh what are those you know what I'm I talking totally about know it starts what with like about. a K yeah or... I was gonna say Kendoma but it's not Kendoma it's... no I totally know what you're talking about yeah we're gonna and try that next they're year they're amazing yeah. and I need to find it real quick did you guys ever to did you have, have that toy when you were kids that like you could build circuits with uh no. It was like a it was like a board, um kind of like like the soundboard here as far as like shape. It was like a console, if you mm. will. And it had um you know, it had some LEDs across the top and it had some potentiometers and it had uh, a bunch of fixed stuff on it. So mm. resistors and and transistors and and diodes and mm. of different like levels and stuff. And so it was just a book of like build circuits, build a thing that makes a light blink every mm-hmm. one second. And, oh. then, and in the book, it, it would just be like, you know, it would be a step-by-step guide and it had um, all this stuff was soldered down and then the connection points were soldered onto these little springs. Okay. So you could like bend the spring and stick right. the wire into it. So it was this really easy way to connect wires up and all you did was wire the components together. Oh, that's cool. So it's like you run the potentiometer right. to the one ohm diode and build out these circuits so it taught you to read like basic circuit diagrams yeah. and then what those things did it was like that. super cool toy mm-hmm. as a kid yeah. I assume those still exist just had a fucking the, light bright that was mine they are <laughs> this was like yeah this was like a nerdier light bright yeah yeah, yeah. no I did I just had the regular version yeah <laughs> those, those do still exist um, Kano K-A-N-O those it? are the computer kits um, if for those listening, the background noise is it's raining like a motherfucker. It's raining and rain in this office is yeah. so nice. It's not great for a podcast, but <laughs> it's like it's great for the soul. Yeah, we have these big metal awnings, and so like when it rains uh, in yep. here, it's pretty great. I dig it. Yep. Everyone else stays home when it rains, but I come up here and just like yeah, that is nice. Yeah, I. There's this thing that I have noticed uh, where people are. Like scared of the rain? Is this a thing that you've noticed? Or or just like the inconvenience of being wet is what I assume it is. I mean, something and people like, don't show up to like our meetup groups. Have you had this at the Fayetteville? Yeah, the if it's JS fucking group? raining, nothing. Yeah, yeah nothing. My, even with like RSVPs, like that will get cut down to yeah. like ten percent. Yeah, if it if it starts to rain or For even sure. looks like it's going to rain. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not that way everywhere. In in is Seattle, it not? <laughs> well, I was going to say in Seattle. Uh, where it rains all the time, people are used yeah. to the rain. But then there's also the whole Seattle freeze thing, where like people just don't go out and do things anyway. Uh, so yeah, in yeah. Seattle, you were at 10 percent of your RSVPs anyway, regardless uh, of whether or not it rained. Uh, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, uh, are you familiar with the the Seattle freeze? No. Yeah, yeah. Look that up. I'll put okay. it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. Did not know about that. Mm-hmm. Is it the same way in Portland? 
not, I don't know. I haven't spent enough time in Portland. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not enough that it has a name that I know okay. of that All people right. talk yeah. about. Seattle Freeze is like this thing. Oh, okay. Like, like air quote, Seattle uh, Freeze. People, okay. people know what they're talking about. They know what you're I'd talking about. I'd never heard that here, before. Yeah. Okay. People like, it's like uh, people say that it's really hard to, if you move there for work, for example, it's really hard to get like started with building a community and people you know because they call it the Seattle Freeze. Like no one wants to do anything with someone they don't already know. Got it. Because okay. people, it's just like there's not, apparently, I don't know, something about like not strong nightlife or something like that that's weird okay yeah. weird i had some nightlife in seattle i did too of course i was traveling yeah i have nightlife if i travel that's a requirement i know you're the same way yeah i appreciate that about tyrell we, I, we went to dc and you guys got off the airplane at like one o'clock in the morning I drug you to go get a shepherd's pie at yeah a pub. yeah because yeah. it was like we had a meeting at seven o'clock it was like we had a meeting in six hours and we're at the airport and everyone else was like i'm going to bed it was like nope we got to hit a bar. Yeah. So we went We went to an Irish pub. Yeah. When we went to... Uh, it was a good-ass shepherd's pie, too. It was really good shepherd's yeah. pie. I fucking love shepherd's pie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, back to the food. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, when we went to Vegas last fall... That's like 15% of our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. We're talking about food. Yeah. Have you heard the, the Cayman episode? That was all about food. Oh, oh yeah. I, have, I need to listen to that one, actually. I mean, it's Cayman food sucks is the is the gist of it. Oh, okay. Is that the consensus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the, it, the island itself is, it's a hub. So there's a lot of good, there's a lot of Canadian food down there. Oh, okay. By the way, like, sorry, I'm poutine? coming back to you. Poutine is poutine. a thing down there. I had beaver tails yesterday. Oh, really? Wait, and where at? Uh, at, at uh, on the square. They were up at... Oh, the, uh, the actual... The I had the food, food truck, truck beaver tails. Yeah. I didn't eat a beaver tail. I had the poutine. The fuck is you had the poutine at the beaver tail food truck. All right. So that we're going to recap from the Cayman episode because we talked about poutine and you brought up that there's a food truck that serves this or someone yes. found it. Yes. Um, but a beaver tail is apparently like a... It's it's like a Canadian pastry. It's like a donut. Yeah. Oh. Like, it's shit on top of it. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Uh, there's a food truck it's here the offici- It's the official... That? Donut of, of Canada, apparently. So there's a food truck in northwest Arkansas called Beaver Tails. Okay. That sells Beaver Tails. Okay. But also sells also poutine. poutine. And the where? poutine was legit. Where, legit where is it? It's not like anchored anywhere. They move it no. around. They, 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 they go event to event. So they, they did First Thursday yesterday. Oh, okay. I, I found them at the Washington County Fair. Okay. Yeah, Weird. Yeah, check their Facebook because yeah. like um, they were like they're going to Tulsa for some events. They oh, go to like okay. festivals and stuff like that. But like, uh, okay. I hope that they do first Thursday every month because once a month is about the frequency that I would like to eat poutine. Yeah. I need that in my life. That sure. will be my poutine routine. I told Paige. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, that's that is that's exciting. Henry got it. Did he? He laughed uh, as he should have. Mm-hmm. He's like, my dad's a genius. He loves poutine. He chowed down on that shit yesterday. Yeah, for sure. We I mean, what's to not to love about poutine? There's cheese and gravy and french fries, yeah. man. Yeah, you can't, oh, can't This go looks wrong. amazing. Like, I'm looking at this picture on Facebook. <laughs> 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 That's no, twice that they've got the this shout out yeah. on the yeah. show. So they need to sponsor us. That's right, yeah. Uh, if you're listening, yeah. you're not. Because but. I'm sure they're listening <laughs> yeah. to software development podcasts while they're cooking the beaver, beaver tails. tails. Oh, man. It's good stuff. Put, need to put that away. Yeah. Sorry, every, you, literally, literally everyone listening is also doing what Blake just did and like on their phone, <laughs> like like looking up beaver tails. You know, like half of our audience is international too, and so they're like looking up beaver tails. Yeah, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah, to see the it looks truck. good. It's so pretty good. It's good, it folks. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, Blake, you were saying something. I totally cut you off because oh, I got excited about poutine. Do you remember, remember what it was? I don't remember what it was. Sorry, it was food related. Surely, yeah, we were coming back to food. Mm. 
Yeah. How did we get to food? We started at Shepherd's Pie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when... Oh, in Vegas. Just, yeah, in Vegas. Oh, we uh, did it. Yeah, we did this. We nice pulled recovery. it back. That's uh, amazing. We neckered the shit out of that. Yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, like, when we'll, for all hands, when we go there, we'll get in at like... Uh, I think it's midnight our time, usually like at 10 p.m. Vegas time. Got it. And we'll just get... Yeah, we just get off in uh, the plane, put our shit in the hotel, and, and then go to... A, like the, even the hotel bar or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think last time, I don't think there was a single night last time that I wasn't out till 4 a.m., which is like Oof. brutal. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I can. I like, too old for that shit. So you have like an obligation to do that when yeah. you're traveling to yeah, Vegas. Do. I do this no matter where I go. If I go to Dayton, Ohio, <laughs> I, will yeah. end up, I, will get, I will go to a Hooters, not because it's a Hooters, just because it's hot wings and it's open late and there's beer and, like, yeah. and I know I can find one. Nowadays, yeah. actually, they're not. That's out of business. But like. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is the yeah. new Hooters, mm. except the wings aren't as good. Yeah, and uh, man, y'all are making me fucking hungry. Dude. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Blake. <laughs> so when you guys go to Vegas, are you do you stay in old Vegas or new Vegas? In, uh, so we've done both, um, and I love both, but I really love old Vegas. It's fun. It's do you see it's all insane. the all the stuff that they're doing with Downtown Project down there? Yeah, all the restaurants. Have you gone to the Barcade down there? No. Oh man, it's great. We it's, had this like hotel, and it was like an adult um, playground. Hmm. It was fucking awesome. Wait, we're gonna need you to define adult playground. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just—it's vague. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it had like um, like <laughs> cornhole or bago. Okay. Um, so and it's it, like Dave and Buster's. It's like is a, to it's check like a play, It's like a playground as, for yeah. adults. You talk about it. Gold Spike. Yes, gold yeah, spike. Gold dude. spike. So that's that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it is. That's actually like Tony Shea's office. He's always in there. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, well, Place my, is fucking amazing. We we did business with Zappos with one of my old companies, and we yeah. when we needed to find Tony, he he's got a desk at the the headquarters, but like nine times out of ten, he and the rest because they they own that building. They yeah. own the gold spike. They bought it. Uh, and turned yeah. into that. They're one of our customers. So they just go hang out. It's so, uh, oh, they nice. Yeah. yeah. So now they just go hang out at Gold Spike. All not the time. a not a lofty customer. No, nope. but now I know who to prospect. <laughs> now I know where to find him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Send Seth to Vegas. That sounds like uh, a bad idea. Yeah, don't but go it, to Vegas, Seth. But it's cool because they've got like the tables with the the beer pong yep. stuff set up, and they got the, the outside that the, outside the area whole outside area is fucking cool. It's yeah. like an airstream out there and all mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It sounds cool. But yeah, next time you go, you need to go to the. They have a a, a barcade. Wait, 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 go. wait. Yeah, does it have like the MMA ring too in the, in the barcade? I don't remember that. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I haven't been to Vegas. That, seems that sounds intense. insane. So, there, yeah. so we that did also go seems like very much a Vegas. Okay, thing. maybe like you know. There, so we went to the. We did go to this bar that had like uh, a bunch of TVs at the bar and uh, like all, like a bunch of consoles, and you could like get a controller and play fighting games or whatever on the consoles. And then and then yeah, like over in the corner, there's like an MMA ring. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think it was a arcade, like but then there was this, you could like pay, you could like pay forty dollars, you could fight a grizzly bear, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't, twenty I bucks, don't and you can watch that. other Do, people fight and like. What is it called? The place? I don't, I don't remember. Okay, but it's it's in Old Vegas. Okay, yeah, uh, as part of the that whole initiative, and yeah, um, it was uh, yeah, you could sit, as long as you were having a drink, you could yeah. play for free at the bar, or you could go play the other games. Yeah, and then they even had like uh, like. Lounges where you could go. And they have like there. a beer pong section. I don't remember a beer pong section. So maybe I mean it's it's Las Vegas. I'm guessing there's probably more than one barcade. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. We did go somewhere. Yeah, and okay. I mean this would have been 
six, seven years ago that I okay. went. So they may have decided to like you know jump into the MMA yeah. game and be like, people yeah. want to wrestle when they drink too much. We'll give them a place to <laughs> wrestle. That's yeah. funny. I went to a sweet barcade in Portland in the Pearl. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but it's probably it's one of the only barcades in the Pearl. I would imagine. Okay. So, and have you been? Have you been to Portland much? I have been once. That's and a fun conference stop. And it's still my favorite place I've ever been. I've only been once. I, I've been a couple times now. Um, it was my favorite place ever when I went. When I went back, it had changed a little bit, mm-hmm. and I and I was I was kind of disappointed. Like well, the first time I went, I was like, "This is like." one of the cleanest cities I've ever been mm, to. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Did you stay downtown? Like, were you downtown? Or yeah. were you in one of the no, no, neighborhoods? No, downtown. Okay. Um, well, uh, so I do, we do a little bit of both when we travel for like a conference and stuff like that. Paige will usually come with me. Mm-hmm. We'll do the conference at like the downtown hotel. Mm-hmm. So, so both times we did downtown hotel. And then the second time we went, uh, after the conference was over, then we did a week and we went and got an Airbnb out in the nice. neighborhood. Yeah, we had yeah. Some locals and like. Which neighborhood were you in? Do you remember? Oh, uh, it's way up the yellow line. Um, so it's like due north. I can't remember the name of the neighborhoods. Okay. I don't remember the one I stayed in either, but yeah. it was cool. I loved it. We, we rented, it was like the hippie neighborhood. We rented bikes and did like a 25 mile loop around nice. that part. Oh, so we cool. saw a bunch of it while we were up there. And um, yeah, uh, it, it's a fun town. But like, it was a little dirtier the second time okay. I went. And, okay. and like a little, it was a little meaner. Oh, uh, it was a okay. little, a little more crazy, a little more Seattle. I don't know if you've been to Seattle. I have Seattle, been to Seattle is yeah. like insane, and I mean like clinically. <laughs> um, and so it was, it was, it wasn't that bad, but it was, okay. it was getting up there. But uh, still, like, I think the best fucking public transportation system I've ever seen. Um, the the Portland, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, the Portland system's awesome, dude. It's like um, I don't know what a day pass is like. Five bucks, two bucks for a ride, or five bucks for a day pass, mm-hmm. and that gets you on and off any train, as well as the streetcars that run north south downtown, mm-hmm. as well as the bus system. Right. So like you can get literally anywhere for two bucks. Right. Well, and you, as long as you're not, eh, I, I might, I might not be remembering this correctly, but because it's been quite a while, but I've been there quite a few times. If I'm remembering right, if you you can ride for free. If you don't leave the like the zone you're in, uh, not, like you, I not thought a, you could move around within your, the zone because they, they've got it like zoned like in rings, if I'm not mistaken. Not not as I recall. Okay, but you well. may be right. Um, uh, it's 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 been a while since I've been out there, but um, even even if not, it's still like the day pass. It's so cheap, and the fact yeah. that like when you buy a like. It's like buying a metro card, you know, mm-hmm. any place that has a subway, except that card gets you on and off buses as well as streetcars as mm-hmm. well as, and like, and the network is like exhaustive. So I always thought that was super sweet. I think it's that it, not that it's free per se, but you still have to have the card. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, if you don't get a, a day pass, if you buy rides, those yeah, yeah, rides yeah. don't count. As long don't as you count. have an active pass, now that the sense. rides don't count if you stay in your zone. Yeah. It's, that's something it, like that. I wouldn't be surprised because, like, seriously, awesome public transportation in Portland. Love going to conferences out there. PyCon was out there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. DjangoCon was out there for a couple of years. Um, a lot of fun. Good conference city. Yeah, good uh, food city. Mm, that's the, true. Literally the best food I've ever had in my life was in Portland. It was so. in Portland, huh? yeah. I went to this place. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's definitely a Portland staple that was, um, it was definitely the most like, calorically dense uh, food that I've ever was had. It? What was it? Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it was, food was it? It, was a, it was a burger. Okay. It was like a double cheeseburger, uh, except that 
the buns of the burger were grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so it sounds so, so that sounds very Portland. Yeah. It's, it's, it was two grilled cheese sandwiches <laughs> with a pound of ground beef and bacon in the yeah. middle of it. And it was f- fucking amazing. You guys went to Pine State while you were there, right? We went to Pine State. You, you recommend That's it. right. Because that place State, is fucking incredible. Pine State Biscuits is I've not been to Pine pretty State good. It, I told uh, some of the guys yeah. that we were there with, like, I was skeptical. I went in, like, coming from the South and being like, fucking biscuits and gravy place in the Pacific Northwest. Uh-huh. Give me a break. Went in, got it. Took like a big bite of the biscuit and like I put my hands on the table. I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> we're fucking asleep at the wheel. Like <laughs> we think we know biscuits and gravy, and and well, and, and and no one no one can touch it. And the, meanwhile, in, in the Pacific Northwest, they've got biscuits and gravy down to a fucking art that we can't even touch. So th- so those guys are from South Carolina. Well, that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, like I went to, um, there's, a, there's a local truck. I'm not going to name them because I don't care for them. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, know, local, I know the one. Biscuit I know the one. Eh, not that great. I've no, not been to the local biscuit, biscuit truck. You know, Southern Food Company over in Weddington mm-hmm. has a, has a uh, you know, biscuits and gravy with, with a chicken breast on it. Because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's like fried chicken on a, yeah. on a biscuits mm-hmm. and gravy with a fried egg. and It's, it, it's a bunch of options, yeah. but they're all delicious. Yeah. And your gravy is just like uncooked biscuits poured on top of your biscuit, uh, but with, yeah. like, with mushroom gravy, it's like, it, yeah. Mm. yeah, it's good stuff. I, I had uh, in the weird vein... Is this a food podcast? Food. It's become yeah. It's about I had, a, I had, this a, frozen, is, I had yeah, a frozen is, meal for lunch. Was it so, binging yeah. with Babish? <laughs> <laughs> was it no no binging with Babish? Is is that a food? That's a cooking show. That's a cooking show. Yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, no, uh, in um, Huntington there was um, uh, a chicken sandwich, but they sub waffle for the the bun. So they have a variety of chicken oh, sandwiches. Dude, that sounds so good. With waffles, and it was it was next level. <laughs> oh my God. We're gonna have to cater the next yeah. uh, uh, like man, recording. Like, so that. Going about food. Tired. <laughs> Everyone is hungry. Uh, yeah, you dude. can tell. <laughs> How do we pivot from coding to food? Well, you know, we we're talking about um, conference city. I'm I'm I was saying, how, yeah, do we, yeah. how do we pivot back? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would love. Okay, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. I, I had to pivot. This is oh, it. okay. So we're talking about conference cities, um, and I, I I'm gonna tease to it because I, I want to get. Um, a, a more formalized topic around it and it's something I think Alan next time he's with us will want to contribute to because it's very Django but mm-hmm. um, at uh, uh, DjangoCon Europe uh, just a couple of weeks ago Tom Christie who's the creator of um, Django REST framework okay and like I, I told I told our team I was like I think he listens to the show. Because yes. we have been calling on Tom Christie to Just like... Save us all. Take the charge. <laughs> like, why aren't you working on Django REST framework anymore? It's this, like, the, re- the, the de facto REST framework, Blake, for, for Django mm-hmm. is not actually built into the framework itself, but it's oh. a third-party library. And, That's uh, interesting. Okay. It was built, and it's kind of just sitting there atrophying. Mm-hmm. And the creator of it started working on this, like, async version of it that, like... It wasn't really a version of it, but it was a it was a new web framework for Python that was optimized for API development that wasn't Django related, called API Star. And so we're like, what's the deal? Is that like is DRF being kicked off to the side so that Django will absorb it? We've been lamenting that Django is not having enough features um, like developed for it. The original creators for it left kind right. of the main development role many, many years ago. Yeah. And it's just a very mature framework, but it's we've we've been griping about not a lot of new features. And so right. At uh, DjangoCon Europe, Tom Christie, who's a major player in that scene, basically he gave a, he gave a talk that laid out the framework for how might we redesign the Django framework 
top to bottom to be fully asynchronous with all the new asynchronous stuff in, nice. in Python three. Um, and that sounds like a really cool talk. It is. And like, um, it, it, uh, link to it. It's definitely worth watching. I mean, he's laying the case, not just from a development perspective, what features do we need? How will we do it? But also kind of the business case, like mm-hmm. how would, how would we get the work done? Right. Who, who would be the contributors? And, and Tyrell and I were like, yes, lofty would contribute. We would, yeah, we would love to write that. And so there's this, um, it, it, it's, it, it, it was an idea. Right, mm-hmm. but uh, my hope is, and like kind of the murmur around it as it's come out, that that maybe um, that's a spark that might ignite mm-hmm. like, some big change in the in the Django community, which is good. It needs it. Um, it needs I mean, to be disruptive. Kicking the pants. This is a first class web framework that doesn't like support web sockets out of the gate. Oof. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so there you go. Right. That's that's like you're on your own to get web. I mean, hell, you're on your own to roll a REST framework. Out. Okay. Weird. Um, but that's, that's weird. But yeah. someone filled the gap, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as as uh, Django kind of is like it does everything it does really well, and then everything else you have to go get, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, so so that's a that's a pretty interesting thing. His his talk um, at DjangoCon Europe is. Um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that it kind of starts putting some pressure and, and moving the community towards towards doing that because, like, Django as a framework, I think is due for kind of a rebirth. For yeah, sure. yeah. Th- so in um, like in JavaScript land, uh, we have Express, which I think most people. If you if you're familiar with JavaScript and Node, you're probably familiar with it. Is it okay that I when I imagine JavaScript land, it's like a rinky dink amusement park like, no. with like insert no. tab A and the whole okay. whole B like rides no. and stuff like no, no, that. No. Uh, it's more like like uh, a circus tent with like patches on it and stuff. Uh, That's npm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, JavaScript land. Nah, it's like it's like six. All flags. the rides are it's like, like six flags. Yeah. Thirty seconds. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's about that's about right, uh, but because um, it's that fast, Tyrell. No, because they you can get bored with you can ride all the rides at the same time. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah. Um, but we have so we have Express, and then Express was partly written by um, T.J. Holloway Chuck, which is great name but uh is that the is that the like the person that people aren't sure is a real person yes i think okay like maybe this is multiple people no one really yeah, knows yeah he's, he's a real person okay uh but there met, was like a rumor the there was, there was the, no i haven't but mm, uh uh-huh. and there's no and even that <laughs> but person you, could have been a plant if you follow him on social media or check like since he moved Russian bot. since he moved kind of away from javascript uh he, oh, he's very much. Uh, he does go now mostly. He has his own business, um, but uh, you know he helped create Express and Mocha and a bunch of shit in JavaScript. A whole bunch of like top level libraries yeah. and frameworks and stuff. Yeah, that he ported over from like basically like Ruby concepts, right? Right. Uh, and then and then he moved on to Go and kind of did the same thing. Um, but uh, so we have Express and Express really just doesn't change that much anymore. Like. It's like here's the thing, it works, it's good, um, but it like you'll have new versions come out and it's like, yeah, we fixed some bugs, we made it a little bit faster. Yeah, that's it. That's what happens with that's Django. Yeah. Right. Well, are if you if you end up listening to the episode that came out today, mm-hmm. you'll hear. I mean, like they had one major feature which wasn't that major, and the rest of were minor features that yeah. was like we op- we added a, a new argument to that mm-hmm. command line tool, you right? Know, yeah. and, and just stuff like that because. 
And the, and I, I mentioned the same thing when we were talking about like, man, Lofty would love, and people from our group would love to contribute to new development of real new features for Django. Because right now, there's nothing to contribute. Yeah. It's very mature. There's not a whole lot of features on the roadmap, and there aren't bugs to go in and fix. Like, it's just a very mature, stable framework. Mm-hmm. Outside of like, zero-day security stuff, which which I'm not talented enough so to if do, you, it, or, you know, or in the know enough to right. do. The thing about, like, if you, in JavaScript land, which is like Six Flags, um, Whee! it's always changing, right? So, like, it's more like magic you don't, we don't, like, that thing, that what you're saying doesn't really happen that often. Because, like, even though Express is there, and it's the old reliable option, there's, like, 20 other fucking options if you get bored with Express. Yeah, totally. People are like, I forked it. And, and I yeah. always have to laugh. Alan and I both make the same joke about Express, which is, like, you spend all day working with JavaScript, like, in the browser, trying to make that shit synchronous, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you have this, uh, isn't, isn't Express and Node, like, essentially all this work, like... Undoing the asynchrony of JavaScript, right? Uh, uh, not really. Okay. No, no, no. Well, I don't know enough about it yeah. to make that joke. So, yeah. yeah, no. And now, especially. That joke lands a lot better when I'm not talking to a JavaScript. Yeah, person. right. I, thought, yeah. <laughs> I was in agreement. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Uh, and, and now, like, even in JavaScript, we've got, in Node, we've got threads, and I mean, you can do whatever now. You can do anything. Pretty much. It's JavaScript lands. Do it and all. It's, it's like, it's yeah, like. And it's fast. It's like Inception. It's fast for most things. It's not fast at some things, but changes. it's fast for most, most things. It's fast for a lot of things, not fast for, what, I.O.? Disc, yeah, I.O. shit is yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but that's why you pipe all your data to Dev Null, <laughs> also known as MongoDB. Mon- <laughs> uh, I, I smelled oh, that one coming. <laughs> they bought uh, Realm, um, RealmDB or something. They bought a, a company that I thought was pretty awesome, and now... I don't, I don't know. I don't really like companies that buy other companies that I like. <laughs> uh, I find it sad. Because um, you know that the realm will never be the same. Yeah, they'll ruin it. Um, look, MongoDB isn't that bad. So MongoDB bought... It so has a place. No, it, realm is a... I don't know about this, guys. Realm is a relational database, which is cool. Um, we're big fans of relational databases, okay? And Mongo is not one, obviously. Nope. Um, but it's a replacement for SQLite, but for mobile. So yep. SQLite is not a good database. It's like single-threaded. No, no, you no. can't, like, it, the, it, the database gets locked every time you write to it. Mm. Like, does not work for any sort of concurrency whatsoever. But for your mobile app, where you're the only person generating data, right. different, yeah. different problem, yep. right? Did you guys see that um, Microsoft is putting um, MS SQL... Uh, and into edge appliances now, so you'll have mm, SQL. Weird. You'll have SQL in the um, the as I think it's. Oh gosh, I forget all the terms. But basically, like SQL Server, but on on the edge now, so that you can build it into mm. mobile stuff and, mm. and thin client stuff and things of that nature. And onto a, I, I believe in even onto like an ARM processor. So, weird. Yeah. Interesting. So, it's, um, it's so so the hardware thing isn't something I really like get into very much. Right. Like at all? Uh, do you guys? And we we're, we're, we're working at about? a pretty high level, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I avoid touching metal whenever possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, the layers of abstraction. We're we're playing yeah, yeah. with Docker too. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. It's not really necessary for 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 web dev type stuff. No. I mean, like we have some constraints that are based on it. So yeah. Um, like on the on like the. Um, AI machine learning side, mm-hmm. 
which is mostly GPU related. Right. So that's okay. about as close as we get to hardware is thinking about like okay. actual GPU hardware and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we're not dealing with like memory management. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we're never having to build right. stuff for ARM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like um, it's a good thing about Rust too. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in Go as well. Although I don't know yeah. if Go compiles for ARM. Not I'm not knowledgeable enough. But like it, it runs. Oh, or does no, it? No, I don't think so. Okay. So. I don't. Oh wait! Uh, you know what? Yep, remember all Say, the world's information. Saying, I, I'm saying that, but like, maybe it does. I don't remember. Do, 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 do. If there's, there's someone's probably wanted to do that, and there's probably a way. If it, whether it's janky or not, who knows? So, is any Go program that you can compile for x86 and x86 64 should work on ARM? Oh, there so, you go. There you, there you go. Uh, Thanks, Internet. Thank you. Thank you. This is from the uh, GoArm wiki, the GoLang readme. So, cool. Yeah, I don't know enough about that. I mean, obviously, like, different architecture means different instruction set for, um, you know, it's, it's machine code. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, so I understand how that would make things hard to compile for it, but I don't have to touch that shit. I'm yeah. working with Python. It's mm-hmm. interpreted. Yeah. That shit's already runs anywhere I need it to run. Yep. Yeah. Including ARM. Um, so... To, to pivot just a little bit, uh, I've been reading Ghost in the Wire lately. Have you guys heard of this book? I have not. Uh, it's about Kevin Mitnick. Do you guys know who that yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Free Kevin Mitnick. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like his, It's like a, a biography. Um, it's fucking interesting. Uh, just in the way that guy, basically, basically from a young age, just really got got really good at manipulating people. Yeah. And that's how right. uh, he was able to do all this crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, social engineering. Social engineering yeah. is yeah. awesome. I read a book called, um, was it? The, no, it, it, was, it was a hacker's guy, but it was by, written by the Nightmare. Um, K, Nightmare with a K. Um, this would have been in the 90s. And yeah, it was a huge, it, it talked about all, all kind of like pen testing and things like that. But it, it leaned heavily into social engineering and reverse social engineering, mm-hmm. and it, the the phrase "meat is softer than metal" just kind of <laughs> uh, is is absolutely true. Like yeah. social engineering stuff, yeah. you you get stuff through people way easier yeah. than you ever will through systems. It, yeah, it's insane. Uh, like he talks about first of all, the first chapter of the book is incredible. Like sucks you in immediately because he tells this story about how he gets into this Fortune 500 company and, like, gets access to this computer, like, and the hoops he jumps through to get there are just fucking incredible. Uh, so definitely recommend. But um, talks about this, like, trick that he learned early in that if you call someone and you pretend like you already have information, so yep. if you say, yeah, so if you say, hey, uh, you know, is my code still, X, you know, one, two, three? Uh, someone will correct you yeah. a lot of times and say, "No, no, no, uh, it's uh, five, six, seven. Yeah, and it's like, "Yeah, that's true." Cool, like, thanks. I never yeah. thought of that, but like, yeah. yes. Rather than oh, saying, yeah. "What's my code?" Right? Yeah. Um, Pretend like you already know. Walking it. in like you own the place, right? And yeah. like you're supposed to be there goes a long way. I heard this happen. Um, our account executive who does sales for us, Seth. I, w- I was walking by this room. He was in here doing a sales call, and it was like it was brilliant. He uh, he just cold called the f- like front desk of a company and he was trying to get to the CTO. And so he just cold calls in and he gets like directed, he gets all the way to like the assistant to the CTO mm-hmm. who is like, um, Hey, can I help you? And he just knew the CTO's name and he was like, Hey, I was, um, 
I was just, he called the first time and got blocked. Mm. So he calls the, the executive uh, or the, the executive assistant and is like, can I talk to someone? And she's like, no, but I'll take a message. And so took a message, hung up. Then he calls back and he talks to the front desk person again. Mm-hmm. Just right, picks it right back up, calls the next number and says, hey, I was on the phone with Bill, who's the CTO, just a minute ago. We got disconnected. Can you transfer me back up to him? And she just sent him straight to the CTO's desk. And it was like, that Dang. is fucking brilliant. Uh, he tried the proper route, yeah. got stonewalled, and was just like, yeah, called, called the front desk person and said, I was just on the phone with your CEO. Can you, can you get me patched back in? It's urgent. You know? yeah. Just got straight to him. It was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. That's social engineering. Secrets yeah. of a Super Hacker is the book. Okay. Sweet. Nice. It's like four bucks on Amazon. Is it good? It's old. It, it was back when I read it in the 90s as a okay. nasty teenager. Yeah. Mm. With my copy of Secrets of a Super Hacker and Anarchist <laughs> Cookbook. So, yeah. like. Okay, that's 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 how I rolled. And you were in the, AOL chat rooms reading oh, that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yahoo chats. I was, yeah, furiously, <laughs> yeah. furiously like destroying Yahoo chat rooms. Yeah, what's what was the name of the Kevin Mitnick book? Uh, Ghost in the Wire. Ghost in the Wire. Yeah. So one of the things that I guess he was really into it was the whole like phone freaking. So did he thing. write that one? Yeah, phone freaking. Yeah, yeah. Pre- yeah, he wrote it. I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, that's just something like just hearing that described like. I can't. Uh, I have a hard time like getting into that. Right. Uh, like um, learning the inner workings of like the telecom system. Right. It's like not oh. my not, not my jam at all. Did you ever do the thing well, the like the line testing number that would yeah. make a phone call back? Like, no. We love that as yep. kids. Go to pay phones and dial. I was like, it was some star code, and then the last four digits of the number. No. Um, and that would hang up, and like ten seconds later, it would start ringing. It was just like a test callback from the nearest like distribution office or whatever okay but when you'd answer it would like make a weird tone so we would just do that and then just sit and watch people have to like go answer the phone that keeps (laughs) what the hell yeah nice so and this is like all kind of in the the bbs documentary i've referenced that in a podcast before and if you've got eight hours of your life to dedicate to it you can watch it at double speed and and get through it faster but it's on youtube in chunks and it's it's awesome but like a lot of that phone freaking started by like BBS folks because they didn't have a bunch of teenagers who were just getting into BBSs, bulletin board systems, and they didn't have long distance. Like they mm-hmm. couldn't afford right, to, to call them, yeah. to the BBS, and so phone freaking became a thing so that you could get free long distance right. to log into your BBS through your dial-up modem. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it's just like this whole like the birth of of hacking kind of happened based off of. Just the the lame nature of our IT infrastructure back right, then, right? Yeah, and like how cost prohibitive it was to dial into a BBS to right. talk to people about. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I tried to think of some relevant '90s thing that no, people would want to talk yeah. about on a BBS, but I couldn't. But uh, any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, damn it! No, I uh, uh, talk about Lou Bega and uh, you know the his mama number five. If you remember. Oh. Song. <laughs> Okay, well, so Lubega I BBS. thought that's what you were you fucking <laughs> referring to, and I was yeah. like, Mongo number what? It's really? <laughs> okay, keep going, sorry. That was like, uh, yeah. I was, no. trying to, I was trying to think of like what was the 90s equivalent of the TV show Lost, and I couldn't think of it. Oh, it just no. died on the vine there. They don't no. think we had anything like that in the 90s. No, we didn't have, we didn't have the, uh, we didn't, TV was more escapist than that. Let yeah. me talk about in the uh, 90s. Uh, we had Dawson's Creek. Before the wire. Oh, God. Oh, maybe <laughs> 210. Yeah. Big, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah, that's that's yeah. what they were wanting to chat with people about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they couldn't. Yeah, long distance. So, we may or may not have um, bundled up a Diablo 2 bot with an exploit in it um, that we used 
purely to grab people's Earthlink dial-up credentials. I was underage at the time, so I feel confident telling this story. All right, on, yeah. on on committing that to memory, but uh, yeah, and and we just that was like our, that was our VPN. Yeah, <laughs> it yep. was. It, we didn't do anything other than right. like log into a different account for VPN reasons. Right? Mm-hmm. And Earthlink had rolled out um, uh, toll-free dial-up numbers, so, oh, really? so they had a one eight hundred number you nice. could you could dial up to, which was nice. pretty awesome. Um, so it was like a global, or at least a, a national network. Any account would work, and uh, didn't matter where you were, you could pay toll free. Or I guess, I guess essentially, Earthlink was paying for it. I don't even know how that worked on the telecom side, because yeah. you know that was like the kind of thing that like the phone company, your local phone company, would bill the receiving phone company um, by the minute. I don't right. know how that worked with data. I guess by the minute for the data, until they realized that they could charge for bandwidth, and yeah. then that changed everything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it, it's it's also crazy to hear about this time where there were no, like there were there were just no laws about like against any of this, right? Right. And so they so they're pu- really pushing the limits. And there's a story about one of the times that he got arrested, and like someone runs up to his car and is like, "Search his car. He's got a logic bomb in there." <laughs> and they thought that like. The, that there was some physical thing, yeah, right. right that he right. had. He's got an XML oh. bomb, right? Yeah, uh. <laughs> uh, it's it's good. Recommend that book. I'll have to. I'll have it's, to look it up. It's an easy read. There weren't laws for that really until him, right? I mean, right. Like, yeah. Like basically, they had to create laws. To yeah. Be like we're, we don't know what the fuck to charge you with, right? But we know you did something bad. Yeah. So give us a minute. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna hold you, and we'll we'll pass some we'll pass yeah. some laws. Um, I can appreciate that almost everything that he was doing too was like strictly for information. Right. Like he ne- he didn't really do anything malicious. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'm checking out. Well, I think it's time for us to go fight this rain out here. Yeah. Dude. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, tomorrow's May the Fourth. We didn't get as much Star Wars done. It's not for you guys, the listeners. Sorry, he like he like week behind for for us. You guys go watch some Star Wars tomorrow. We watched a little bit this week, but really, yeah. really failed at our quest to, to get through it. We didn't even get into the original trilogy. No. I, st- I still have never seen Solo. We it's pretty good. We, we did Solo on when? Yeah. We started it. We watched it chronologically. Yeah. So, okay. so that shows you how bad we did. We watched it chronologically. <laughs> um, skipped the prequels. Oh, watched on, the chronology. Dude, so why? we started with Solo and we didn't make it. We watched two movies. That's all we got through yeah. this week. We watched, we watched Solo and Rogue One. Rogue yeah. One is great. Rogue One is super good uh, with some minor complaints about yeah. CGI Tarkin and Leia. They could have just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just showed the back of her head. Yeah. Um, it's like one line of dialogue. We would have known who it was. Yeah. It was still Carrie Fisher. Yeah. She, vo- she voice tracked it. You yeah. Know? Um, but that yeah. was some bad CGI faces. That was really yeah, bad. Yeah, it, it is bad. It was like yeah. Pixar. They're, they just basically mailed that into Pixar. I remember, said, you do that for I remember watching that movie in the theaters and seeing CGI Tarkin. I was like, why the fuck didn't they ca- yeah. just cast someone else? And then I was like, oh, at the end of it. Like, oh, this, yeah. this fucking ends 20 minutes before A New right. Hope starts. I didn't realize they were going to ram it together quite that violently. So, okay. So, I know we're almost done. Uh, in the new Endgame uh-huh. movie, yes, when they show a young spoiler alert, FYI, when they show the young tune out those of you Hank Pym, yes, that looked really fucking good. Oh, a lot better than a, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing is, have you guys seen the the trailer for the new Will Smith movie called Gemini Man? Yes. Uh-uh. And where it's like older that, him versus that, young him, it looks pretty good that too. Look, that does look pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're that tech better. is getting better. Getting no doubt. Better, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. On, on a on a related note, 
Did you see that uh, after the initial the release of the first Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> yeah, trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media has pummeled because it looks the director like into submission, <laughs> like pummeled him into submission, and he said, "Okay, cool, we're just gonna redo him now. Like, yeah, yeah. we're gonna redesign Sonic." Wait, what the for fuck did he look like? Like shit. Oh, it was—it's hey. terrible. I mean, it's gonna look terrible no matter what. Oh. Why they ever thought it was a good idea? But it looks like me. not but even it remotely so fucking like him. Yeah. Dude, have you seen the me of like? The Sonic, and then it's got the tails. The tails of the, of the bad taxidermy fox. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. That <laughs> Someone is. posted one. Uh, there was this, like, uh, this shouldn't be better than the new Sonic trailer, but it is. And it's just the video. It's a video of, like, an actual hedgehog running down uh, the curb. <laughs> and they've, and they've, put, they've put coins in front of him, and oh, it's playing God. the, like, bonus ding, world ding, music ding. Oh, as he's, like, running great. through the, the coins. Oh, that's great. It was awesome. Yeah, it's pretty bad. If you're going to do CGI, it shouldn't look like someone wearing a Sonic, like, costume. Right? It looks like right, a, exactly. It looks like he dressed up a little kid. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why they did that, but interesting. They, uh, I, I guess they wanted it to go for realism. They went for super furry. They, oh yeah, dude, like not like that kind of furry, like actual furry. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, now, yeah, now yeah, that yeah, I yeah. said it, uh, yeah, it looks like shit. Can't be unseen. It doesn't look much better than this, which is like a Target costume. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Looks about like that. No, that's, yeah. that's identical. Like <laughs> as someone who grew up playing a lot of Sonic, I was insulted. By that, it I don't just, have I don't have nearly the dog in that fight that you do. Yeah. I was not a Sega kid. I was uh, a Nintendo dude, I was, kid. I was a Sega I was bo- kid. Yeah. I was both, but a, I played a shit ton of Sonic. Yeah, it, that Sonic Two was amazing. Oh, it was great. It was great. Sonic Sonic One and Two were definitely yeah like, so top tier. We need we need to we really need to get some Sega ROMs for the arcade that we have up here. Oh, we don't have any Sega ROMs. No, I don't think so. We need to acquire them by obviously legal means. Yes, that's obviously. what I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, we don't have any Sega realms. Yeah, so Pitfall. We can't, we can't Another that game's fucking hard. Uh, Pitfall is yeah. a hard game. I played the. They, that was one of the few games that had a Mac port. Oh, okay. For a classic yeah. Mac OS. Pitfall is a is a bitch of a game. Yeah, it's hard. Alter Beast. That was Ooh, good. So good. That was good. Amaz- I played, amazing. I, I remember that. Am I, I have this right? It was like the Se- the Sega Genesis version of Mortal Kombat Two. Like had blood. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. And then, well, no, the Super one did. One, there was one version of that game that like, Sega had blood. Maybe it was Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 1. Blood on Sega. It was all cleaned up on... There was a code. There was a code. Yeah. yeah. It was way ahead of its time. So I had this thing for my Sega Genesis from the cable company, and it was a cartridge that you plugged in to where the game went, and you plugged uh, coax into the back, and it was called the Sega Channel, and you paid a monthly fee, and every month I'd, I could download 30 different games... And played them on my Sega. It was pretty fucking sweet. And that was like, I was like fucking 12. That's crazy. I never heard of that. Dude, yeah. Sega Channel. I it's thought legit. the Dreamcast was ahead of its time because it had a fucking modem in it. Dreamcast also was ahead amazing. of its time. Yeah. Fucking. Amazing. I did play a little bit of Dreamcast. Yeah. The first console, like online game I ever played was on Dreamcast. Yeah. Dreamcast was cool. Especially like after it went belly up and then it turned out that like Dreamcast games were just fucking CD-ROMs and you could just burn that shit onto yeah. it. You could go to Walmart and yeah. buy a spin on disc. And there were all these like people just, game companies just said, well, fuck it. This system went out and we read all the source code and just like dumped. There were just like tons of somewhat unfinished games, a lot of them, that you mm-hmm. could just burn onto a CD. So my buddy had a Dreamcast and we just like played hundreds of these like 
unreleased Japanese games on yeah. Dreamcast that were super fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember until um, they thing. would crash or you like ran out of content. Like literally, some of the games would, were just, totally mm-hmm. people just yeah. Yeah. done. Yeah. So no, I never, I never did that. I had, we did PlayStation, and we would we would burn Japanese games and then have to do. Do you ever have to do the 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 swapping? Yeah, you pull the disc out yeah, while the game's the running in and out to for the codex so that you could play the Japanese games on an American PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we we did that for DDR because we were that level of nerd. <laughs> yeah, we, we wanted our DV, DVR. That's actually how I know it too. I didn't play, but my I ran with a circle of people that played DDR and they had to do the disc swap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was I was awesome. never a PlayStation person. I wasn't uh, either. I had friends. I was, yeah, we was, were purely Nintendo in my house. Yeah. 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 We, well, and then Xbox. I went PlayStation out. for a while, and then eventually to uh, Xbox. Yeah. I'm on Xbox these days. Uh, I'm on all of them these I'm, days. So yeah. I'm on none of them these days. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I'm, I'm, good for I'm, you. Probably. I'm, I, I Xbox 360. Some our, our boys. We get that, and we have the Kinect up, so they can play. Yeah. We do some other stuff too, but yeah. Yeah. Not 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 no heavy gaming going on these days. Yeah. Yeah, I li- Yeah, I I can't live my life without it at this point. So it's all right. Yeah, grew up doing that shit. So I, I mean, it was anyway. like it was it was definitely I definitely like was a console gamer as a kid. That was definitely a big part of yeah. what I considered my identity. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't I don't not game anymore. But yeah. like I just can't fucking find time for it. Oh, yeah. As Henry gets older. That gonna, shit gets easier. Yeah, you're gonna do that shit. Yeah, um, me and Lark will play fucking Mario Kart. See, that's the, the thing. Switch. Is like the when it's like is, that, the Switch is so good. See, it's, I've, it's, I've almost pulled the trigger on Switch a couple times, but I want VR capabilities because I, I think VR's so much fun. Yeah, and so much potential that I don't want to go to Switch because I I'd rather get a PS uh, PlayStation so I could do PSVR. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 And so and and I've also heard like. The particularly with switches for kids, kids will be like, "Oh, look at this thing! Bang, drop, break!" Right. Yep. Uh, and I yeah, can, I, I just don't I let would, them play it unless it's docked. Yeah, that's the key. Got it. My yeah. guys are old enough that they would want to undock it, and I would uh, want, yeah. and I would want to trust them. Right. Uh, so it would be like this tension because I wouldn't do it, but yeah. it would just it was yeah, not there. Not yeah. There. yeah. 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 Understood. Henry's still young enough that like playing video games. Is is like playing playing video games before he goes to bed would be the same as like playing video games while someone else like does the dishes. Yeah, and you just feel like a fucking asshole. Yeah, like it's just it's still a point where like he's like, you know, he's he's enough work. Yeah, that, like yeah, yeah. you're involved if he's awake. If you're yeah, home yeah. and he's awake, you're involved. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, oh yeah, but yeah. like as that as that changes, it's getting easier. Obviously, and, and, as, as and he gets older, and that's probably I'm, yeah. I'm playing more games than I have, in a, in and that's a while. when I play more. That's when I usually play is after she goes. Oh to yeah, bed. yeah. After bedtime is like you know, Paige yeah. and I both are just like, well, it was good seeing you. We'll see you in the morning, and like we <laughs> go do our own shit. Dude, you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like because you just don't get that as much, right? So, yeah. Um, I was gonna. Oh, so yeah, like a year ago was the first time that I tried video games with Lark. So she was like a little over three. Yeah, and I, I still had my I still had my GameCube. Oh, and nice. I, so I hooked that shit up. Played some Smash Brothers. Uh, no, we, oh, <laughs> we played oh, Mario man. Kart. Nice. So yeah, uh, good I'm, introduction. I'm, I'm really tempted to get a, a GameCube for Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. Have those. Yeah, it's good. So it's good stuff. All right, fellas, let's All go right. home. Call let's it a weekend. It. All right. We'll see you guys in a week. See you.
Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.higherlofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.